Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Welcome back, Raider Nation. I am Evan Grote, your host. This is Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. Hit the follow button for me. Also, check out the new SportsNot podcast hosted by myself and Scott Gilbranson, the NFL Playbook podcast. As you know, I am a Raiders fan, but I love having the chance to talk about the other 31 teams in a league, and I get a chance to do that with Scott. New shows available every Thursday morning. We recap all of the big stories from around the league. We highlight games of the week. And we get a chance to speak with many different guests who cover these teams closely. And so it's just been a lot of fun for us to be able to come together and put this show out there for you guys. Please follow the NFL Playbook Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are available in video format if that's your thing. Go to the sportsnot.com YouTube channel. Click the subscribe button there. And and the show is available for you in addition to many other videos and video content that we're putting out there for you uh, from sportsnot.com. Now, uh, to get to your Raiders, quick turnaround for the Raiders after the win on Monday Night Football. How are we feeling, Raider Nation, after that win? It was a hard-fought win, and much like the win over the Broncos in Week 1, it wasn't always pretty, but they got the W, and that is what matters. This team desperately needed a win following three straight losses we starting to see some signs of life from the defense. Max Crosby was an absolute game wrecker. The defense forced three takeaways, which was huge. And so there are some positives to take away from the game. Uh, this week on the show, just a quick rundown. We will look at the upcoming schedule for the Raiders, who are currently 2-3. and three. I see some favorable matchups uh, coming up here in the schedule. And this is a very critical point in the season for the Raiders. If they are to turn things around, then Vegas must take advantage uh, of this soft schedule here and try to get themselves back into the mix in the AFC. Um, also, I put this question out there on, on, on X on Thursday. Didn't get a huge uh, response. Not sure if this is something that interests you guys or not, but I, I want to try to you know come up with some different types of topics here uh, for the show. So the question I'm going to put out there for you guys now, and I want you to think about it, is, is the Patriot way a myth. What do you guys think about that? I've been thinking about this more and more, especially in the post-Tom Brady era in New England. I'll give you my thoughts on that and how it relates to the Raiders and what we're seeing play out with the, uh, in Vegas right now with the Raiders. And then as we always do on, on the preview show, we're going to take a deep dive into the, into the opponent, uh, which is the New England Patriots this week. They may be the worst team in the NFL right now. And I know I know in the standings, if you were to look, it would tell you that the Carolina Panthers are who are 0-5. But when you look at how these teams are playing, I would say the Patriots are playing as bad as anybody else in the league right now. And I wonder, is Bell Belichick, could he be on his way out? You know, is is this the end of an era in New England? We will be joined by our guest this week, Evan Lazar from Patriots.com. We will see what he has to say about all of that and more. 
But we will kick it off this week on the Week 6 Preview Show by looking at the schedule. Five games in now, and the Raiders are 2-3, and three, as I mentioned. And, and, you know, things, just a week ago, things were not looking really good after they dropped three straight games. You were starting to hear, you know, the, the Caleb Williams watch had begun with, with some in the fan base. But it really is amazing what a win can do for morale, especially within the fan base. Um, and it shows how quickly things can change in the NFL, especially early on in the season Uh, Scott and I talked about this on the NFL Playbook podcast this week. We think we know, right? As fans, we think we have it all figured out after a few games. We know what this team is, but none of us really do. Let's be honest. None of us really know (laughs) what we think we know. A week ago, people thought the season was lost, right? Fire McDaniels. Uh, I did a show last week about talking about the idea of trading Devontae Adams, but now... All of a sudden, after a win, there's some optimism on the horizon. At least we think there should be, or at least I think there should be. So perk up there, Raider Nation. I mentioned the defense did some good things, uh, even without two starters in the secondary. I thought that was impressive what they were able to do uh, without Hobbs and Bennett. Um, Offensively, yes, the struggles continue. Still have yet yet to manage to score 20 points in a game. The O-line a major part of the problem, along with some some poor play by, by Jimmy Garoppolo. But all that being said, there is reason to believe the Raiders can get back to respectability in terms of a win-loss record in the next few weeks here. So let's let's talk about that. The next five games are as follows. The 1-4 Patriots at home. The 1-4 Bears in Chicago. Then they're going to be taking on the 4-1 Lions, who, you know, they're a darn good team. That was really the the focus of our show on the Playbook podcast this week was talking about the Lions and their matchup this week with the Buccaneers. That's a road game for the Raiders. Then they come back home for back-to-back road games against the 1-4 and four Giants and the 2-3 and three Jets. So is it crazy to believe that the Raiders could win four out of the next five games and then position themselves with the 6-4 and four record heading into Miami? That That's... Is that is it hard to believe that even winning three out of five would get them to five hundred five and five record? Would you be happy with the five and five record through ten weeks? I would say you should be. Now I don't know how how you how you feel, but I would think the way this season has started to be five and five after ten weeks, I think you should be thrilled about that personally. Now, as I said a minute ago, things can change. It's week to week. So what looks like a win right now on paper could be different in a week or two. You never know. Injuries happen or who knows. Teams improve. But as we sit here today, you have to have some level of optimism going into the next five games. Despite how bad things have looked in the first five, despite some of the coaching decisions by Josh McDaniels, and and despite the offense failing to score 20 points, I think there should be some positivity going here in the next month. So that was topic number one. I wanted to get things started on a positive note. We did that. Topic number two, is the Patriot way a myth? Let's get into this a little bit. Will Mark Davis and and some Raider fans, not all, some portion of the fan base, will they regret believing in that Patriot way? I'll admit it. I thought there was something to it. I really did. I drank the Kool-Aid over the years. The dominance we saw from them from 2001 to 2018, nine Super Bowl appearances, 
six titles, a couple of other AFC title games. The philosophy of steadily improving throughout the season to eventually be peaking at the right time, the end of the season when things matter the most. The personal accountability that they push in New England and putting your personal goals behind that of the team goals, right? That those are the those are the pillars of the Patriot way. Bill Belichick's model of just do your job. You've seen it, you've heard it. And it's hard not to buy into that theory, right? With all the success. But I think what we have learned in New England and you know, the, the last season and at least the first five games here in Vegas is that there is no Patriot way. That's my take on that. There is no Patriot way. To me, it was the Tom Brady way. None of what the Patriots accomplished would have happened without Tom Brady. And this is just my opinion on this. Yes, they had great defenses in those years, and Belichick is a great defensive mind to put all those pieces together. They had plenty of Hall of Famers on those defenses. They had some great weapons over the years on offense with Gronkowski and Edelman and Welker. They had Moss for a short time. There were some weapons there. The cupboard wasn't always that full. It was bare at times. Brady did a lot with with less, but it was all about Brady. We often heard the argument, is it more about Brady or is it more about Belichick? And I didn't know the answer to that question a few years ago. But we now know the answer. I now know the answer. The Patriots have not won a playoff game since Tom Brady left. And that was the 29 that was at the end of the 2019 season. Not a long time, right? Only a, only a couple seasons. The Patriots are 26 and 29 without Brady. And we all know Brady went on to win a Super Bowl title in Tampa Bay. Look at the teams that have tried to replicate the Patriot way. Look at the Belichick coaching tree and that failure. Here's some names. Romeo Cornell, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Eric Mangini, Charlie Weiss, both in the college game and the pro game he failed. And now McDaniels, I think we could add to that list. I mean, yes, he has time to turn it around here. But so far, he's been a bust of an NFL head coach. If you're going to point your finger and try to find a couple of players, or not players, excuse me, coaches from that tree that have had success, you're looking at Bill O'Brien, who had some playoff uh, runs with with the Houston Texans. I think it's fair to say he was successful. And then Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, who's also had some success and, and made a couple playoff runs. But other than that, there's been many more failures than success stories with trying to recreate the Patriot way. Now, the point of all of this is, is obviously the Raiders played the Patriots this week. And so I've been thinking about this. And, and we are seeing the demise of the Belichick reign in the AFC. I mean, it's, it's been over now for a couple of years, but it's getting worse and worse. I think his job is in jeopardy. At season's end, uh, it's possible he could get fired. But more importantly, 
what we're seeing now is the effects of what I believe is the myth of the Patriot Way. Mark Davis brought the Patriot Way to Las Vegas, and to this point, it has failed. Is there still time for McDaniels and Ziegler? Of course there is. But based on what history has shown us, based on what we are seeing unfold in New England since Brady left, based on what we have seen in Las Vegas the last 22 games, I have little confidence in believing that the Patriot way will restore the Raiders back to greatness. So I started segment one with a positive, but I'm ending it with a negative. So there's a little bit of something there for everyone out there and, 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 you know, all of your different kind of mindsets, (laughs) optimists or pessimistic, optimistic, whatever you are. I just, I just found something for both of you. No doubt about it, this is a game the Raiders absolutely have to win. There's no excuse not to win this game. New England, they've got a ton of injuries. Mac Jones is terrible right now. He looks like he's lost all confidence. They've benched him twice in the last two games. They've been outscored 72-3 to in the last two games. Morale is as low as it can get for the Patriots. The Raiders, on the other hand, they're still riding the high. They should be, at least, riding the high from their win on Monday Night Football. Yes, there's plenty to clean up. They know that. You heard Adams talking about it when he met with the media. But they have a chance now to get their season going in the right direction. It started on Monday night, and they got to keep it going here against the Patriots on Sunday. Time for me to get to a break. I'm going to let you digest some of the conversation there from segment one. And when we return, we go out to the guest line to speak with Evan Lazar from Patriots.com. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. You are listening to Just Pod Baby brought to you by Sportsnot.com. And we are back on Just Pod Baby, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the New England Patriots this week. Las Vegas looking to string together two wins in a row. That would certainly help their cause out. But it is time now to welcome in our guest staff writer from Patriots.com and host of Patriots Catch-22 podcast, Evan Lazar, joins the show. And Evan, we thank you for a few minutes this evening. There's a lot I want to go over with you, so let's jump right into it. Things have not gone according to plan in New England. It's been a disastrous start for them. And I have to start with some of the rumors that are going around and the speculation that is out there with Bill Belichick and his future with the organization. Now, you're close to the team. I want to know, is this just a narrative that has been created by the national media? Or do you believe that if things continue to spiral out of control, that Robert Kraft could look to move on from Bill Belichick after the season? No, I I think this is very real. And uh, I think, you know, the one thing that I continue to echo this week is, is that this is not an overnight thing with the Patriots. I think on the outside looking in, especially from the national standpoint, they're all kind of catching on to it now because of the two losses in the last couple of weeks by a combined score of 76 to three, which like when you say that is uh, or 72 to three or whatever the heck it is. Uh, when you say that about a Bill Belichick team, you're just shocked, right? I mean, to get blown out two weeks in a row and not be competitive like that uh, for Belichick is unprecedented. So <clears throat> when you look at that, I-, I think that a lot of people are saying, okay, well, it's two bad games, but it's Bill Belichick. They'll figure it out. Uh, but really what we're looking at here with the Patriots is uh, since Tom Brady left after the 2019 season, a, a slow slog to the bottom of the league. And 
it started in, in with Brady leaving, of course, but there's been a lot of missteps since then. Coaching missteps like Matt Patricia running the offense last year, personnel missteps in the draft specifically, but even in free agency. I mean, you know, you guys know Jacoby Myers pretty well now, and, and Jacoby was a guy that was a UDFA for the Patriots, signed him as an undrafted rookie, turned him into a good player, and then it came time to pay him, and they paid somebody else. So a lot of these moves that have been made over the last four years have not worked out for the Patriots, and eventually that has to come to roost, and somebody has to be held accountable for the fact that this roster is really just, especially offensively, uh, there's just not a whole lot of talent uh, on that side of the ball on this team, and I think a lot of people are starting to take notice of that now. Yeah, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with this, but it seems like, you know, from afar, from what I see, the, the, the main problem for, for Belichick, because the guy didn't forget how to coach football. I mean, he knows how to coach football, obviously, but it's been about talent evaluation and, and poor drafting. You know, they just have not hit on enough draft picks recently, um, although I do think Christian Gonzalez, the rookie cornerback, is going to be very good uh, for a long time. I actually wanted the Raiders uh, to draft him, but but anyways... Uh, just a hypothetical here. Do, do you think Belichick would be open to relinquishing some of his general manager duties, some of his personnel control uh, to someone else? Um, you know, if they were to bring in a general manager and, and his job is just to coach, co- uh, focus on coaching the football team. Do you think he'd be open to something like that? Yeah, I, I think that's like the number one question right now as we really start to talk about this with Bill Belichick's future is would he be open to that sort of setup like you just laid out? But I think the biggest thing with with that is that who does the GM report to, right? Like if the GM, and I think what they've ran into problems with in the last couple of years or really the last half decade is that Nick Casario, who's now the general manager of the Texans and Matt Rowe, who's now the director of player personnel for the Patriots, both of those guys have now held the same title in New England they report directly to Bill Belichick, right? So at the end of the day, uh, the person that has control over the roster is Belichick. So if that is the way that the hierarchy continues, I think what we're seeing is that eventually the final decision is made by Bill and those final decisions haven't been going the Patriots way. So if that general manager reports to Robert Kraft directly and it's his show, on the personnel side of things, and Bill is strictly a coach, then I think that people around here might be more open to that sort of setup. Uh, would Bill be open to that sort of setup? I, I would steer towards no, um, but there are some directions that, you know, there are some arguments that you can make that maybe that would make sense even for him. You know, he has his whole setup here. I think what people also need to realize is that Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's sons are on the coaching staff. Steve Belichick is the defensive play caller for the Patriots. Brian Belichick is the safeties coach for the Patriots. Uh, Belichick likes the area. He loves the island of Nantucket, which is right off the coast of Massachusetts, has a nice house there. This is all set up for the last 20, 25 years. So to pick up this entire operation at this point in his coaching career and then move it to the next stop to continue coaching is probably pretty unrealistic. So I think for Bill, it comes down to continuing to really, I think why he's still in the game is to chase Don Shula's all-time wins record. To chase Don Shula's all-time win record with a little less power in New England or retire. And that's what I think it will ultimately come down to uh, if this is how it continues. 
Yeah, Belichick, of course. I believe he's, what, 28 wins or 29 wins away from uh, tying or, or passing Shula for that record? Yeah, well, it depends on if you count playoffs, but yeah, he's actually closer to like 19. 19, okay. Uh, now. And, and so he's going to win. Uh, the next time the Patriots win, <laughs> the next time they win, uh, will be win, will be win 300 for okay. Bill. So, okay. so he's catching up, but it's going to take a couple of years. Okay. Uh, I'm interested to get your, your thoughts on this too. You know, one of the things that I was talking about uh, in the first segment of the show is, is, is the Patriot way, that whole philosophy and, and, and the, the, the viewpoint that I took, the angle that I took is that, you know, from where I stand, um, you know, it's, it's a myth in my opinion. And, and, you know, because we've seen so many other teams try to recreate that, uh, with, with, you know, disciples of Belichick. We're seeing it in Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels and and Dave Ziegler as well. And it just hasn't worked out yet. Now, I know we're only five games into the second uh, season under this new regime uh, in in Las Vegas. But again, you you mentioned some of the, the lack of the success that the Patriots have had since Brady has left. Do you have an opinion on any of that? I mean, uh, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, have we, do we now know that it was more about Brady than it was about Belichick? Do you have, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that's a, in some ways it's, it's a fair point when people say that, that Brady deserves more of the credit than Belichick. I, I think that when you look at any great dynasty in the history of sports, there's very few exceptions to that. Like if you look at the the '90s Bulls, like are you going to give Phil Jackson more credit or are you going to give Michael Jordan more credit? Right? You know, like those types of things, I, I think are pretty consistent that the player is probably the one that's the reason behind it. But the the pushback that I would have on people that think that it it was just Brady is is going back to really the beginning part of the Patriots dynasty in 2001. I, 2003 and four to a degree, but especially in 2001, the Patriots won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady as a game manager. He was not the Brady that we know that threw for 40 plus touchdown passes a year. Totally different guy in 2001. And the Patriots still won the Super Bowl and Bill Belichick's defense was why they won the Super Bowl. So in some ways, Brady deserves more of the credit now I think looking back on it, if you want to say like the 2010s was mostly Brady, then I think maybe you'd have a better argument. But in terms of just the roster building and uh, the, the system and the way that the Patriots just kind of plugged and played players and recycled through other guys around Brady and just the, the train never stopped. And I think a lot of that type of stuff was, was about Bill. And, and in terms of the Patriot way and, and does it work and, you know, outside of New England, obviously – there hasn't been a ton of success. Like you, Josh McDaniels is on his second head coaching tour. Uh, Matt Patricia failed as a head coach. Brian Flores, to an extent, was somewhat successful, but mostly failed as a head coach. Uh, going all the way back to like Romino Cornell and Charlie Weiss, like those two guys didn't make it. So I, I think that in some ways the, the tough part that coaches run into is, is that they don't have the cachet that Belichick does to do things the way that Belichick does them. Belichick can do whatever he wants. And up until recently, people were just like, well, you're not going to play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. You're Bill Belichick. So I guess, you know, you do what you think is best, right? Uh, Now it's maybe a little bit different, but I think in some ways in other places, you know, guys push other guys out, guys bench guys that were playing before and, and things like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, who's this guy? Like he's just 
Bill Belichick's assistant? Like, what does he know, uh, you know, to kind of come in here and, and do all those sort of things? So I think that that's sort of the, when I look at it from the outside in with the Raiders, that I wonder with McDaniels is, you know, with Derek Carr. Like, that's the perfect example of he came here, he didn't see it with Derek Carr, and he moved on to one of his guys in Jimmy Garoppolo. And those are sometimes decisions that don't necessarily go over well with everybody in the building. And if it's not successful, then there might be people that are unhappy with McDaniels in the building. So I think, they, you know, in a lot of ways, you have to be careful uh, about those sort of things. But I think one of the things that's been interesting about how McDaniels has approached this with Ziegler, uh, the Patriots never would have made that trade for Devontae Adams, right? Like they just never would have given up the draft capital and then paid Devontae Adams that contract. Uh, that's what we're all clamoring for them to do with the Patriots in New England right now is to go get Mac Jones, a guy like that. Uh, the Patriots never would have made an aggressive move like that. So in some ways, I think that the Raiders are, are doing things differently, but in other ways, like with Carr, I think it's more of the same. Our guest this week on Just Pod Baby is Evan Lazar, staff writer for Patriots.com, uh, doing a great job here, giving us some really good rundown of the Patriots and some background information inside that organization. You know, Evan, I, I, I want to get into the matchup now with the Raiders a little bit. I, I'm sure you saw some of what Max Crosby was able to do against the Packers on Monday Night Football. He he really wrecked the offensive game plan uh, for the Packers. And I know the offensive line uh, for the Patriots has, has been a major part of the problem in New England. How do you think they go about trying to slow down Crosby? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think that's the biggest problem when you look at this game from the Patriots offense standpoint, along with their own issues and getting out of their own way. Uh, Max Crosby is the exact type of guy that's given them all sorts of problems. You know, a couple of weeks ago, it was Mike Parsons, Micah Parsons. This uh, last week, it was Cameron Jordan and Carl Granderson uh, with the Saints, with the Saints. And, and now it's going to be, uh, you know, Max Crosby. The, their right tackle situation is dire. They have the Darian Lowe starting right now at right tackle who the Vikings were going to cut at the end of training camp. And the Patriots ended up making a pick swap trade, you know, late day three picks to get Vidarian Lowe before they released him. And now he's starting for the Patriots. And it's not necessarily a situation where he's starting because he's played so well and he's kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, I would say it's more a situation where it's desperation. Like they just don't really have anybody else to start in that spot. And so he's starting. And uh, if you're Max Crosby, you just have to be licking your chops, looking at that guy on film versus you in this game on Sunday. So how do they handle that? I, I think you will see Bill O'Brien try his best to handle it with, you know, multiple blockers or waves of blockers and probably some seven-man protection, probably uh, some quick game, you know, screens, get the ball out of Max Jones' hands as fast as possible. But I think that at the same time, the, the problem that that presents is that, yeah, maybe you can prevent Crosby from taking over the game, but you know Patrick Graham and the Raiders are thinking that that's what they're going to do, right? So uh, how do they get guys open and how do they uh, get yards when they're going to throw it short and throw it quick and the Raiders know that they're going to throw it short and throw it quick because they can't hold up in pass protection against Crosby? Yeah, good stuff there. Good point. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on that that matchup with the right tackle. <laughs> I did see he uh, is second, according to Pro Football Focus, um, he's second right now in 
pressures allowed. I think he's allowed 19 pressures on the on the season. So yeah, that that's definitely a matchup that will favor Crosby. This game also features two of the bottom three scoring offenses in the NFL. So points could come in a premium in this game. But I'm interested to get your thoughts on the matchup of Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers versus the Patriots secondary. They just acquired J.C. Jackson back. Uh, I know they got Jack Jones as well. Whoever gets the assignment of of you know matching up with Adams and Myers, how how do you like that for the, for the Patriots? Yeah, that's a tough matchup. I, I think with Devontae Adams in particular, you know, Jacoby Myers is a really good player. We love Jacoby here, and, and he's a really solid guy and, and really reliable player over the middle of the field. But I, I think that's what the Patriots will try to take away. You know, you look at the tape, you look at the stats with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and looking at the quarterback, we all know that, that Jimmy Garoppolo wants to throw over the middle and throw those in-breaking routes, slants and digs and crossers and get the ball out of his hands quickly and do those types of things. So if it's a classic Bill Belichick game plan, you would think that that's going to be exactly what Bill is going to try to take away from Garoppolo. So the question is really, like you said, if they're going to take away the stuff in the middle of the field and they're going to pack the box and slow down Josh Jacobs, then it's really going to be about winning one-on-one on the outside with Devontae Adams, which is a lot easier said than done. So in some ways, I, I think that th- this game will, you know, Adams is primed for probably a pretty good statistical game, assuming that he's uh, healthy and 100%. I know he's been dealing with, with that shoulder injury or whatever it is, uh, but assuming he's good to go and, and, and ready to play, then, you know, I, I could see this setting up for a really big game for Devontae Adams. Uh, but probably a lesser game for the guys in the middle of the field and, and the running back and, and, and the whole rushing game. So is that going to be enough for the Patriots or is Adam going to, Adam's going to go off for 170 yards and three touchdowns. I, I guess that will be, you know, remains to be seen I, in terms of who would probably be out there against him. I would assume it will be JC Jackson. Uh, he's the Patriots best outside corner at this point with Christian Gonzalez out for the season. So uh, I, I like I don't like that matchup too much for the Patriots, but if they can get to Garoppolo and uh, they can throw him off his rhythm by taking away the middle of the field, then then maybe they have a chance there. I've got just one more question for you before I, I get you out of here. Now, as you evaluate th- this game and this matchup, you know some of the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. Uh, can you point to one thing in particular uh, that you believe is the key for the Patriots to win this game? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, running the football. Uh, the Patriots' offense has not run the football very well this year. They're dead last in the league in EPA. They're near the bottom of the league in rushing average by running backs. So they have really struggled to run the ball. And the Raiders' defense, you know, Max Crosby is obviously a problem making plays behind the line of scrimmage against the run. But I do look at them in, in the middle and say, okay, you know, you might be able to run on them a little bit. I know the Packers had a little bit of success against uh, the Raiders run defense last week. So uh, I think if you're the Patriots with Mac Jones really not playing very good football over the last couple of weeks, the last thing that you want to do is get into a game where Mac Jones needs to drop back 40 plus times. Like you got to be able to run the football. You got to try to take some of the pressure off of Mac Jones and really let Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott uh, run the, run the show here this week and then really make get Mac more of that game manager back to his rookie season. So if I'm the Patriots, that's got to be uh, the key for this week. They haven't been able, we, we've said that about them 
uh, for five weeks that they got to be able to run the ball. They got to be able to run the ball. And they haven't been able to run the ball. So I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Uh, but if I'm the Pats and I'm Bill O'Brien, that's where I'm starting. Yeah, you mentioned that Raiders run defense ranked 22nd right now in the NFL, giving up 129 yards on the ground. So yeah, that would be a good place to start to attack that Raiders defense. It's definitely a game that both of these coaches need. Uh, both of them under a little bit of fire right now. The seat's getting a little bit warm, so it, it should be a competitive game, that's for sure. Evan Lazar, staff writer with thepatriots.com. Evan, we thank you so much for all of your your information. Really set us up there good for a, a good little preview of the Patriots. Uh, we, we thank you for the time, and uh, I'm not sure if you're going to be out in Vegas this weekend for the game, but if so, enjoy your time in Vegas and enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, there he goes, Evan Lazar, Patriots.com staff writer. And I mentioned the podcast that he hosts, the Patriots Catch-22 podcast. I actually I actually listened to it today. It's a two-hour show. They do it. Uh, it's a live show. Um, they take calls. It's really well done. They do it right from the Patriots facilities. I listened to about an hour of it today, and uh, they do a really good job, really good job. So I, I knew he would be a, a great guest um, I thought his his whole take on the Patriots way was interesting. He made a lot of great points there. And of course, you know, I understand that, yes, I, my belief is that it was more about Brady, but I, I obviously I'm aware of the role that Belichick played. It was really a perfect marriage, if you want to put it that way. But I tend to believe that the quarterback is 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 the most important player on the field at all times. And when you have Tom Brady out there leading your team, you're going to have a lot of success or or a quarterback uh, at that level, that elite level that I'm always talking about. I also thought it was interesting. Uh, he believes the Patriots should look to attack the Raiders on the ground, get that run game going. And then he mentioned a matchup that Max Crosby has got to be just salivating at right now. He mentioned the right tackle, Vidarian Lowe. I went back and looked. I was wrong. I said 19 pressures. It's 25 pressures he has allowed in only four games. So this guy has been getting beat left and right. I know Trent Brown on the left side, the left tackle, who Raider fans are familiar with, uh, he did not play last week, I don't think. he. I was just checking the injury report. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday with a chest injury. So either way, it looks like Crosby should have another big day. Uh, he he should be an, a, a huge factor, as he is every week, but a game wrecker like he was against Green Bay. I think he single-handedly won that game for the, for the Raiders. Defensively, I mean, he did everything for that team. This could be a game where he, he has that kind of performance again. All right, guys, good show, but it is that time. Time to say goodbye for now. I want to thank our guest this week, Evan Lazar from Patriots.com. And I want to thank all of you out there who follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, who tune in every week and support me in the show. I appreciate all of you. But until the next time, take care of yourselves, Raider Nation. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy week six in the National Football League. And as always... Just win, baby.